Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the third and only original hardcore extreme sign guy. Hi, I'm Bud, and I'm Doyle. When I'm out saving the world, I'm thinking of you, naked, thigh deep in tofu. Welcome to episode <laughs> 182, House Party 19. 96. Both of our longest nicknames. (laughs) Somehow not coordinated at all. Nope. Incredible. Love to see it. It always amazes me what you guys come up with. (laughs) Hey, when I I forget to think of a name and I have to think of it on the fly, sometimes it's like that. Yeah, I try to write them down (laughs) uh, as I take notes, the ideas, and then pick from the litter. I take no notes and I just wing it. So this was the first, and I believe... Only, I think. House Party, produced by ECW. It would take place on January 5th, 1996, from the ECW Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with an attendance of 1,150 people. Full house, baby. That's a full house party. full house party. Somebody... Get these children out of here. <laughs> so who gets rowdier, this crowd or the Tokyo Dome? Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Might be about the same. <laughs> these one, these guys are definitely more disrespectful. I mean, it's a city, city of brotherly love, but it's they. As far as I know, they like to fight. So I mean, yeah. If I had a brother close to my age, I'd probably fight with them more often. I mean, my sister's two years younger than me, and we beat the crap out of each other. When we were kids, <laughs> you know, only when we were kids. There is another house party in at least 98. Okay. Okay, cool. Maybe a 97 too. I don't know. It might be more house parties on the way. Let's I didn't it. write it and only, so I kind of questioned, yeah. I questioned myself. On it was weird. That this anyway, is so. the first potentially inaugural house party. It definitely is the inaugural. Well, I just know yeah. when I downloaded it on Peacock... Typically, if there's another one, I go to scroll, and it'll have the next one in line after that. And so this it's one probably just went just to not a. Maybe they just don't the have the. Have it on Peacock. Could be. Or maybe the other ones weren't recorded. Maybe they were just house shows That's called house party. As well. But we are in Philly. We are retired bit. Oh, Philly! We got to take a little bit of a break from you, didn't we? Got to go all the way over to Japan. We got to reminisce about uh, past times, listen to some dusty finishes. Mm -hmm. But here we are, back in Philly, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Maybe this show will build. It's very possible. Incredibly throughout. Here we are in Philly, and as you know, we've been here quite a bit. And I've tried to think of foods and beverages and flown in snacks, recreated stuff, had cheesesteak wars, Brought cream cheese, brought banana splits, all kinds of stuff. I like your new gimmick. Making stuff? Your your gimmick is the same as the nickname gimmick. Yes. Which I I appreciate. (laughs) I was having brunch with friends today and trying to think of something for Philly, and I was given this glass ceiling shattering noise effect in my head moment. 
when he said instead of trying to find stuff that they make in Philly, why don't you find stuff that like has to do with the wrestlers or something that they like? And it was just like, here comes a whole new world of menus. Uh-huh. So my initial thought was, what's Taz's favorite sandwich? <laughs> and I could not find that right away. And I had already had a little bit of cocktail. So I knew that it was, I need to find something easier that I can focus on. So for some reason, the blue mini popped into my head. And I decided to see if there was a blue mini cocktail. And there is. A man so, that takes up too much real estate. Yes. In all of our brains. But you know what does not take up too much real estate? This blue meanie teeny that I've made here for you. It's very cute. The yellow floating in the blue. <clears throat> Isn't it? It's a, a simple cocktail. It's an ounce of vodka, an ounce of blue curacao, and an ounce of sweet and sour mix. Uh, you can serve it over rocks if you want to. I chose to put it in a martini glass because the name blue meanie teeny just sounded too good to pass up. Absolutely. Which is also why I didn't use it for my... Uh, intro i was gonna do like an arrested development like deal of i blew myself or something Uh, like that but i figured i'd just go for uh something totally complicated and naked and thigh deep in tofu but the blue mini teeny here is actually pretty damn tasty to the point that matt has already pretty much drank all but the last sip of his before i've taken more than a sip of mine oh here let me finish (laughs) it's uh it's sweet and it's not too strong uh it's very very blue yeah and it made a good picture too. So, yeah. look for it uh, on the. Did it stain the, the top? Uh uh-uh. Okay, good. Yeah, no. maybe uh, maybe you can order a jug of these when you get uh, woo wings. Woo wings. There's a Ric Flair's oh, doing gotcha. commercials for a wing restaurant. <laughs> uh, it's very bizarre. Pretty tasty. Uh, it says that you can make it as a shot. You can serve it over the rocks. Uh, I put a little lemon twist in it but you can probably put it with like a wedge of lemon or something else in there too yeah yeah it'd be good with like a strawberry even because it has mm-hmm. kind of a citrusy berry flavor to it so pretty damn good not not too bad for a, a first time blue mini teeny maker the solid entry yes but matt what else was happening in, in the world at this time so a couple films would be released to theaters the next week Biodome. Hey, and Doyle, baby. And nickname. My favorite hangman uh, usage of a movie title. Don't be a menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood. Lope dog. <laughs> the grandma dancing. <laughs> Both these movies, very iconic and kind of like just middle tier '90s comedies yes. that we used to get. Great stoner I comedies. I miss. I miss dumb comedies dearly, and just don't get them like we used to. Yeah, nobody thought of freeing the mahi-mahi until Biodome. Mm-hmm. I love that Biodome is a stoner comedy, and they, like, never smoke weed. Yeah. They're, like, only, like, big weed joke that I can think of is the purple sticky punch. <laughs> of course, that's much different in Don't Be a Menace, which is rated R, and it is also a parody film parodying... Uh, Wayne's Brothers. Yeah, it's parodying, like, the quote-unquote hood movies at yeah. the time. Obviously, Don't Be a Menace, Boys in the Hood, Friday, etc. Juice. Juice. Never seen Juice. I love a hood movie. Never seen Juice. Yep. All of them are good. Yeah, I love... Uh, I haven't watched Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your juice in the hood in forever. I don't like just saying Don't Be a Menace because yeah. it's got that full... It's you not like title. it's the Fiona Apple record where it's got like 90-something words, but... <laughs> 
I gotta. Yeah, I watched it about a year ago or so, um, and I didn't laugh as much as I expected, but I did appreciate it. Were you high? No. Okay. Maybe that's well, why. That's probably why. Possibly. Not a, not are, you, a, are you saying you have to be high to enjoy this movie? Cause no. no it mean, just no. it adds to it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, maybe it was just one of those things. Sometimes you're yeah, not you ready for to, uh, uh, the big, uh, for, you know. Like, I might say it's even my favorite Wayans movie. That's how much I love it. The first two scary it's movies good. are great. Yeah. I mean, they are. I agree. It's kind of crazy that Sean Wayans was never just a regular actor to any, like, in any famous way, because he's incredibly handsome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's crazy. It's like, you know, Marlon Wayans always plays up being goofy, but he's not, like, an ugly guy when he's not trying nah. to be an ugly guy. But Sean Wayans is... Uh, I mean, Marlon Wayans is one of my favorites and Yeah. Uh, he's the funnier, Rep wackier one. Dream. But, yeah, and yeah, and he all, he honestly had the bigger prestige career, but Sean Wayans is a true hunk. Oh, yeah. He's... he's I would like that was very, my biggest very, very handsome biggest takeaway last time I uh, watched that movie I was just like god damn Sean Wayne's is handsome <laughs> I mean that's why I really liked him in uh, scary movie just because he you know, played to the the gay side a little bit so yeah he also is a great like, oh, I have yeah. a chance maybe I mean, but no yeah no pun intended but he is a great straight man with still doing the right amount of comedy in between being the more like down the middle guy mm-hmm. when he does play to the joke it's always to great effect so yeah I just found out Biodome has a one on the meta score really hey. that seems bizarre I know right I mean it's not the like I think the Encino Man is the best Pauly Shore movie because it uses Pauly Shore the most correctly. It's torn. I'm torn between Encino Man and Son-in-Law. I love Son-in-Law. <clears throat> Son-in-Law is my, yeah. like, was my favorite as a kid, but I think that Encino Man's a better movie. Yeah. But I do think that Son-in-Law is better than In the Army Now or Biodome. Oh, yeah. I mean, they just get progressively worse, but that's what's I mean, so great about them. Biodome was my favorite, but I think that's because I had a crush on Joey Lauren Adams. Oh, so yeah. She is in that movie. Yep. She's the, Even uh, though she up. wasn't supposed, to, she wasn't the hot one. Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. They're both. Sorry, other girl. Yeah, I don't even know. Kylie Minogue. <clears throat> oh, is it? I, yeah. Well, well, I mean, come on. Kylie Minogue is very attractive. Oh, I thought you meant the girl that played the girlfriend outside of the house. Kylie Minogue was one of the that scientists. Rose was that who it was? I didn't I think, think so. it was, but maybe so. it was. I don't know. I mean, you know, we, they have yeah. got a gaggle of pretty. Joey Lauren Adams movie. was definitely the hot one of the out of the house girlfriends. But yeah, Kylie Minogue, what a looker! Yeah, she's got some staying power too. Cause... You guys remember the uh, tr- the train song? Yeah, the yeah. locomotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's what like, I'm saying. She's got yeah. some staying power yeah, because yeah. that was back in the early well, '80s. Yeah, and then like that song <clears throat> played on the Disney Channel a lot when I was a kid. Somehow <laughs> or some way, I don't know why. That's how I remembered it. And then like years later, being like, oh, it's the same lady when mm-hmm. Kylie Minogue had like. The, like dance hits when the, they had. A, I just can't get you out of my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when her and Robbie Williams made a small splash over here in the U.S. Yep. Do you also know who made their first appearance in Biodome? I'm no, not Norm Macdonald. Flipping through my head, but no. Tenacious D. Oh, oh yeah, they do. They want to see some fucking trees. Before I guess pre. <laughs> I assume that's like before they had the HBO show, mm-hmm. which yep. I still think is the best thing they ever did. But I'm not the biggest yep. tenacious D Biodome. Fan. Earth Day to Earth Day. 
going in there to save the world, and they just wanted to use the bathroom or something. Uh, that, 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 I can't that remember what it was exactly that the yeah they snuck in there. They thought it was a mall, but nope. Two good flicks. Yeah, low, good yeah, shit. low budget, low brow comedies. Bring it back. Yeah. Popular rentals at uh, Blockbuster at the time as well. Absolutely. Well, let's talk some House Party 96. House Party. We get some clip art intro with a wipe to start us off with the name of the show. And Joey Styles is in the ring, welcoming us when Bill Alfonso interrupts him, blowing a whistle. Shut up. Get out of here. He announces that he hates Joey, Todd Gordon, and 1976. Okay. I have no clue what this refer- it was referencing. No. And I could not find it. Yeah. What it was either. He might have just might. been a slip. Well, no. Maybe he meant to say 1996. The bicentennial. The bicentennial wasn't that something that happened in Philadelphia in 1976? Yes. Oh, okay. okay. So yeah, he, he hates it that Philadelphia is he's, the home he, of the bicentennial. I mean, later in the show, he, he will don a Dallas Cowboys jersey, so he's just trying to get in the craw <laughs> of the Philadelphia audience as if he even needs to try as long as that whistle is around his neck. He then complains about Styles not interviewing Taz, with Joey telling him to just stop ruining the party. I mean, Joey, MVP, first 60 seconds. He's just really giving it to to Bill, and he's got some fire in him. They continue to argue when the human suplex machine arrives, threatening Styles while the fans are chanting for Sabu. And Taz just tells the crowd that he ain't coming. But 911 and Todd Gordon make their way out. And Todd attacks Fonzie while 911 and the human suplex machine get into each other's faces. Until officials and some wrestlers stop the fight. Let them go. Let them go. It, the ring kind of clears out with El Puerto Riquano end up staying in the ring. So Taz delivers a Tazplex to him. Joey tells him to stop, but the human suplex machine just goes back to threatening Styles again. So 911 returns, pulling Taz off of Joey. The Eliminators and Jason then run down to attack 911, hitting the total elimination. When Rey Mysterio Jr. would come down, leaping off the turnbuckle only for Cronus to catch him and nail a power slam, which leads us into our first match of the Eliminators of Perry Saturn and John Cronus with Jason, the sexiest man. Versus 911 and Rey Mysterio Jr. One of these things is not like the other. Both Eliminators miss moonsaults. So Rey hits a springboard moonsault to take them down. Followed by a springboard head scissors to send the Eliminators out to the floor. Mysterio then moonsaults out to the floor to take them down again. Back in the ring, John goes for a powerbomb. But Ray counters into an arm drag and follows it up with a tilt-a-whirl head scissors and a springboard head scissors to take Cronus down. Saturn attacks from behind, holding Mysterio for John to try a clothesline, only to move, causing Perry to take the blow. Ray then rolls up Cronus for a two count, but John comes back with a press slam attempt, only for it to be countered 
into another head scissors. Mysterio finally goes down to a Saturn big boot and is tossed out to the floor before the Eliminators go back to working over 911. Taz even comes back out to choke 911 with his towel as Perry is working on Ray out on the floor. But Mysterio fights back with a cookie sheet, only for Saturn to go south of the border to regain control. Back in the ring, Cronus hits a standing moonsault for a near fall, as 911 is back to his feet, delivering a vertical suplex to Perry. John with a powerbomb to Ray, low blow to 911 by Saturn before they hit total elimination on him once again. Taz comes out again to choke 911 as the eliminators just stand around the ring, all with Fonzie blowing his whistle. Fucking whistle, man. Oh, God. I know you told me to get used to it or get prepared for it or whatever, but there is no way in hell. It might be the best cheap heat of all time. Mysterio's rolled back into the ring where Perry hits a powerbomb. The Eliminators then telegraph a double back body drop, allowing Ray to hit a double DDT. That's my dude. Mysterio then climbs onto 911's shoulders. So Saturn climbs on John's, and we get a chicken fight. <laughs> Only for Ray to leap off to deliver a hurricanrana to Perry for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And that was badass. Post-match, the Eliminators attack both men, hitting total elimination on Mysterio, which brings the Pitbulls out. And the Eliminators in the Pitbulls brawl, while Francine also attacks Jason. And the Eliminators use a low blow to gain control of the fight before grabbing Francine to nail her with total elimination. What a chance. That's crazy that she took that. Pretty bananas. I was like, Jesus. Channeling her inner Sherry. Uh, I mean, all she had to do was uh, trust fall to the mat (laughs) at the right time. But either way, those guys connected at all. Break her in half. Yep. Francine and Beulah are twigs of ladies. The pit bulls check on her, only for Jason to start hitting them with a chair. But the pit bulls no sell and press slam the sexiest man on earth out onto the concrete. The medical staff then come out to get Francine on a stretcher to carry her out. I mean, at least they had a stretcher job. They, Of all the ECW things that we've seen, a stretcher job after the total elimination on Francine is absolutely necessary. You yes. can't have her walk away after that. It adds a, a touch of normalcy to the yeah. environment. That, yeah, you know, to yeah, she might actually be hurt, so we're not just going to yeah. extreme pick her up and walk her out. No, you can't do that. <clears throat> Especially considering the Eliminators are opening the show and they've become staples at this point. And they're some big-ass dudes. With a couple of staples on their way out. Woo! So we go to our second match. Rob. Van. Damn. Damn. What? Versus Axel Rotten. Oh no, a rotten guy's back. Now RVD is a WWE Hall of Famer, and this is his ECW debut. I mean, Rob Van Dam. Man, I knew he was coming, but I wasn't for sure when he was going to finally show up. I popped. I was excited. I'm a pretty big Rob Van Dam fan. Him and Sabu is one of my favorite tag teams in the future. Just, just all one, young and baby faced. Yeah, just that. Yeah, they're like the fact that they fu- like 
fight with each other just as much as they fight with the other team <laughs> is uh, compelling, funny to me. So we haven't seen Axel since Heat Wave 95, episode 158. We had a break. A little bit of one, yeah, thankfully. And we get a feeling out process to begin. But an eye rake by Rotten and a whip to the ropes sees Van Damme using his athleticism to hit a Japanese arm drag and a springboard crossbody. RVD hits several shoulder blocks and a rolling double chop to the gut for a two count. But another rake to the eyes puts Axel in control as he delivers headbutts, turnbuckle smashes, and a pump handle back suplex. Joey Siles lets us know that uh, RVD went to WCW for a second and then wanted stiffer competition, so he went to Japan. Yep. So, we never saw him. I remember. I don't remember seeing him, but he um, may have just been a, a jobber on some matches or something because I don't remember him actually. Showed up on a, a WCW Pro or something like that. Yeah. The yeah. third show. Yeah. Definitely, he didn't even, he didn't, even Sabu got a Saturday uh, night. A pay, one pay per view. Yep. <laughs> RVD did not get that. No. Clubbing forearms and a clothesline turns Van Dam inside out by Rodney before missing a top rope elbow drop, allowing RVD to capitalize with a leg sweep and a not so five star flying splash that sends Axel rolling out to the floor. And Rob Van Dam is playing up the karate. He's more than the, we, the Van Dam name. Yeah, yeah. Like way more. He's doing like steamboat type, like. Bruce Lee poses. It's uh, kind of fun and cute. Van Dam then flies over the ropes with a somersault plancha before rolling Rotten back in, where RVD pull comes off the top rope with a flying kick, followed by a standing moonsault. Another irate puts Axel back in control to hit right hands, but misses a corner splash, allowing Van Dam to body slam Rotten before landing a split-legged moonsault. For the pin, and the win. And, uh, you know, RBD starts to get over in this match because these guys love their Axel Rotten. They start a uh, kick-his-ass Axel chant. One guy tries... some stuff. I couldn't figure out what they were saying. One guy tries a let's go Rob chant, but it's like only a couple of people. Yeah. Throughout this whole show, there's a lot of chants that I'm like, what the fuck are they actually saying here? Probably something inappropriate. Probably. Yeah. His athleticism will definitely uh, win this crowd over. I mean, my question very quickly was like, "Oh, is this the best rotten match?" Because it was a wrestling match, <laughs> and it wasn't against a rotten. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was like, "Oh, it was a wrestling match." Crazy. He knows how to do that. Yeah, uh, who would have thunk it? So we go to our third match: two cold Scorpio with woman versus Mikey Whipwreck. For the ECW World Television Championship. And Mikey is also one half of the tag champions at this moment. Yep. And woman is looking good. She always looks I mean, she always does, but there's just something extra. Yeah, she's got a like extra a, sensuous. Yeah, she's got a, a like a, a fancier dress on. Yeah. I mean, she may have just come from an interview. Maybe. Could be. Could have. So Joey tells us that Too Cold blames Cactus Jack's interference for his loss at Holiday Hell, which, if you remember correctly, is absolutely true. Absolutely valid, but he is currently no gold Scorpio. Uh Uh-oh. So once Mikey is in the ring, Scorpio gets in his face, where they trade slaps. 
and two gold then grabs a mic, telling Whipwreck that Jack won't save him tonight, followed by Mikey saying if he wants the belt so badly, he will give it to him, before just clocking with the title <laughs> several times. Scorpio shakes off the attack and hits a press slam, knee lifts, turnbuckle smashes, and clubbing forearms. But Whipwreck fires back with an enziguri, a top rope crossbody, and multiple drop kicks before hitting a slingshot somersault plancha out to the floor. Too Cold regains control with a headbutt and looks to send Mikey into the guardrail, but it's reversed, sending Scorpio hard into the steel. Whipwreck is kicking Too Cold all around ringside, only for Scorpio to kick Mikey away as they are crawling into the ring allowing Too Cold to go for a vertical suplex, which Whipwreck floats over and delivers a German suplex for a two-count. Mikey hits a leg drop, but then walks right into an eye poke, allowing Scorpio to regain control with clubbing forearms, knee lifts, knee drops, and an attempted powerbomb, only for Whipwreck to reverse into a hurricanrana. Mikey then heads up top for a bad-looking dropkick for a near fall. Mm, Yeah. But a low blow again puts Too Cold in control. Whipwreck's tossed out to the floor with Scorpio stalking after him to nail him with a chair before they go back into the ring where Too Cold delivers a powerbomb. Scorpio sets the chair up in the ring to drive Mikey's face into it, hits a springboard twisting leg drop, and goes for the cover, only to get up to toy Whipwreck some more. Too Cold then goes for another face buster into the chair, but Mikey reverses, followed by several more chair shots across Scorpio's back, before locking on a surfboard stretch with a chin lock to get that extra crank. Too Cold hits another low blow, allowing him to deliver a tombstone piledriver and a moonsault, only to pick Whipwreck up instead of finishing with a cover. You fucked up. Gotta stop doing that, man. Scorpio with a superplex, a twisting splash, continuing to stop his pen attempt each time. Why are you playing with your food? We know Mikey Whipwreck can pull out a win. He sets Mikey up for another superplex, but Whipwreck fights back to nail a tornado DDT for a near fall. Mikey gets too cold up on the turnbuckle to deliver a super Franken-Mikey, but Scorpio rolls out of the ring so he can't capitalize. Whipwreck then goes for a baseball slide, which Too Cold leaps over into the crowd to avoid. So Mikey climbs to the top rope, flying out with a crossbody. Oh my god! He goes all the way to like the third row. It's uh, (laughs) quite the feat. Joey Styles in full Joey Styles mode. Back in the ring, Scorpio with a superplex and a super back suplex. But they clip the ref on the way down. Ref bump. Raven runs down and looks to attack Too Cold. Only to turn and DDT Whipwreck instead. Son of a bitch. Scorpio then nails a powerbomb. And then drops the bomb. Which is a moonsault leg drop. For the pin. And And the win. win. And new! Post-match, Too Cold takes the mic, telling everyone in the back, if they want some, come come get some. 
Sucker. Wait, no, wrong uh, place. You know, the fans chant that he still sucks. Uh, he's a four-time TV champ now. Who'd have thought? It's his name to claim. Four-time TV, ECW TV champion. It's something. It is something. Yep. It's more than what other people have gotten. Absolutely. More than I have. <laughs> so we go to our fourth match. Hack Myers versus Taz with Bill Alfonso. Yeah. It's like, which side can be more annoying? Oh, yeah, always you, Alfonso. <laughs> I totally thought about trying to find a whistle, uh, oh my God. A whistle sound just to, like, just keep pressing the button. Yeah, because while you, I'm editing, there's no way you could put an, put the right amount of air into a whistle for it to make a whistle sound without it just blowing these microphones yeah. to pieces. So Hack's coming down to the ring and he just tosses Joel Gertner out of his chair so that he can throw the chair at the guardrail. I just thought it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Fonzie then comes out in a Dallas Cowboys jersey to taunt the Philly crowd, and Myers looks to work the arm. Only for the human suplex machine to take Hack down to the mat and work holds. Only for Myers to reach the ropes each time. Hack sends Taz to the corner, hitting an elbow to the back of the head before delivering some right hands. Only for the human suplex machine to fight back with a judo throw and a T-bone suplex. Myers rallies with more right hands, but Taz with another T-bone and a German suplex. Followed by locking on the Taz mission. For the submission. And, and the, the win. win. But the human suplex machine doesn't release the hold until Alfonso confirms the victory and blowing his whistle. Yeah, I mean, Taz is under the spell of one Bill Alfonso. He's a maniac. Post-match, Taz takes the mic, all while Fonzie attacks Hack as the ref is pulling him out of the ring. And Alfonso continues to blow his whistle until the fans quiet down. When the human suplex machine says this is just the beginning of the beatings I'm about to hand out. Before just telling all the fans to fuck off. He's, he's <laughs> still uh, beating the drum of, y'all want Sabu, but he's in the back hiding under a table. Yeah. Oh, Taz. Before telling everybody Who to knew? fuck off and leaving the ring. So we go to our fifth match. Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey with Mr. Hughes. (gasps) Mr. Hughes? Versus Bubba Ray Dudley with Sign Guy Dudley, Chubby Dudley, Dances with Dudley, and Big Dick Dudley. The buh chant from the crowd. It's very funny. The roughneck is back. So we haven't seen Mr. Hughes since November to Remember 1994, episode 133. Crazy. I know it seems it's been it's been a while. Have we missed Mr. Hughes? Absolutely not. Not so much. Just checking. <laughs> so Bubba Ray takes the mic to stutter out his name, only for Del Rey to drop kick him and start the match. Dudley fights back with forearms and a drop kick of his own before doing some dancing. And the match clips forward to Gigolo choking Bubba Ray on the ropes, but a reverse whip allows Dudley to nail a corner splash. For a two count. Bubba Ray starts arguing with the ref, trying to count to three, but stutters. Because, yeah, that's what he does. He's but, 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 Bubba. Which gives Del Rey an opening to go down low and hit a body slam before nailing a tornado DDT. 
We move forward in the match again where Dudley is attempting the bubble bomb when Mr. Hughes climbs to the apron to distract him. Bubba Ray goes after him, followed by Big Dick joining them on the apron. Awa Bubba delivers a DDT on Gigolo for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Post-match, we've clipped for it again, where the Dudley clan is working over Del Rey and Bubba Ray hits a top rope splash on Mr. Hughes. They roll the ring as the Dudley stand tall, but we clip for it again when Hughes has the mic back inside the ring. And he says he has something for Bubba. Someone that could teach him proper English. A tutor? T- t- a tutor? dean? Perhaps. It's Shane Douglas! What? The franchise says he's been in purgatory for the last six months. And some things need fixing around ECW. <laughs> the fans are chanting, The teen is dead. The teen is dead. <laughs> As Shane tells Bubba Ray, he will teach Dudley some proper English before slapping him. Douglas then declares the franchise is back before leaving the ring. Hey. Good to see you back. Uh, Welcome hope, home, I, buddy. I, I hope you made you know money hope you made like 20 grand (laughs) on your excursion hope you made something yes we go to joey styles in the ring and he introduces dancing stevie richards who comes out with blue meanie and beulah much to his chagrin he's like i have to it's my job i have to do it joey gives him some props for making out with misty hyatt on their on the last show so Stevie says from this day forward, he is studly Steve Richards. Oh. Joey asks, he says, you came out here just to let us know that you are now studly? But Stevie continues by saying he's the only American male because he's better than Bagwell and Riggs. <laughs> yeah. Which I thought was a funny one. He's got a better body than Bagwell and a better face than Riggs or something like that, yeah. Styles chimes in that Richards is just wasting their time, but Stevie doesn't care, saying that Raven got drunk over the holidays, so he showed Beulah some love. Wink, wink. He asks her for a kiss, but Beulah doesn't want to be touched. Because she's pregnant! (gasps) No! Raven runs out all of a sudden to yell at her for not taking her birth control. But Beulah asks why he cares, because it's not his. Yeah. What'd you get for calling me an idiot? So Raven then attacks Richards, but she tells him to stop. That it's not Stevie's either. But Hat Guy in the crowd, he points to himself and says, it's mine. Yeah, I mean, you got old Big Dick Dudley over there Uh, somewhere, who knows? Beulah then tells us all whose baby it is. And whose could it be? It's Tommy Dreamers! Oh my god! The never-ending feud between Raven and Tommy Dreamer has heated up. He did pile driver enough times. Oh god. But up Raven starts to choke her, so Dreamer runs out, attacking everyone, using various weapons, including Beulah getting in on the action with a frying pan. Tommy then grabs a sign from the crowd that says, Use my sign, Tommy. It's Tommy's sign. And uses it over the head of Raven. Ah. 
He then rips it apart to reveal that there's a stop sign. In between. Two pieces of construction paper. (laughs) Before Tommy DDT's Raven on the sign as well. Pretty sick shit. It's genius. Dreamer goes back out to the crowd to get a blueberry pie, followed by pile-driving Raven into it as well. Tommy and Beulah then hug before leaving to the back. And they match. It's cute. Um, Both in plaid. So was she really pregnant at the time then? I wonder. I I'm going to go with probably so. not. I think it's just Jerry Springer. Okay. Let me just say that this uh, story gets even more fun. Why is there <laughs> yeah. a blueberry pie just there? Why not? I don't know. It's not a holiday. <laughs> We've seen him around the holidays, but you know. Maybe Weird. it's. Maybe they've, it's been, ma- they've been bringing yeah. pies lately. Yeah, maybe yeah. it's. This a, time they decided to Maybe blueberry. it's a blueberry pie because Beulah's going to have a boy. There you go. Blueberry also makes a. Uh, you can tell. Like, because of the color. Just, like, if you do an apple pie, I'm like, does it... It's, oh, it's, gotcha. gonna, it's not going to pick blend. up all these VHS camcorders. Yeah. And then if you do a red one, it looks like gore, I guess. But, yeah, I don't know. It's a blueberry pie. Yeah. It's all they had. I don't know. I'm just trying Blueberries to... are the most extreme. Why are we pies? throwing logic into ECW, guys? <laughs> it's really a futile effort. Like, I'm going to stain your shit up. Here's blueberry. So we head to our sixth match. <laughs> The Sandman with Woman versus Conan for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship. And the last time we saw Conan was at November to Remember, 1995, episode 171. Been a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not also, too long. the champion comes out first. Uh-oh. Foreshadowing. Um, I think that it's mostly because... He plays all five and a half minutes of Inter Sandman for his entrance and what is Conan going to do but stand around, but how could you believe that Conan wouldn't just attack him at some point? Yeah. I mean, Sandman's got to get a cigarette in, too. Yeah. I can pretty much guarantee that probably 90% of our of the foreshadowings that we had in 1995 were, were Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because, yeah, he's, he's got to get his entrance and you can't have the fucking other guy just standing around. Especially if it's Conan, he ain't gonna fucking deal with that. So Conan uses his mat skills early, continuously tying up the Sandman and holds. But the Sandman answers with right hands, clotheslines, and an elbow. Conan comes back to take down the Sandman multiple times with kicks, hip tosses, before rolling him up for several two counts. K Dog looks like a beast. You also get some wonderful chance of uh, Bischoff's gonna fuck you, because I guess the crowd. Is in on the idea that uh, Conan is going to the WCW. Probably. Yep. They're, they're pretty smart up there in Philly. They are. Conan's tossed to the floor with Sandman following out with a slingshot plancha. And the two begin to brawl around ringside, with the Sandman being sent into a guardrail and a fan's chair, followed by more chair shots as well. Sandman then returns the favor, sending Conan into the front row before hitting a not-so-rubber-band slam, Oof. which it busts him open. Back in the ring, Sandman keeps up the attack, working the cut on the forehead, before dumping Conan out to the floor, where Sandman suplexes a table onto him. Conan's rolled back in when Sandman enters the ring with a slingshot senton, before setting up a table. Sandman tries for a superplex, only for Conan to reverse, sending Sandman through the table. I mean, you know, 
I love watching Sandman go through a table more than most people. <laughs> Woman gets on the apron and starts to cane Conan, only for him to just grab the cane away. So she slaps him, which allows Sandman to attack from behind with the cane. Rey Mysterio then runs down to give Conan his own cane, and the two trade cane shots until they both collapse. Woman then helps the Sandman make it back to his feet before the ten count for the win. And this would be Conan's last match <laughs> in ECW. I love that like, Woman pulls Sandman up by his hair, like barely, <laughs> and then when, you know, he gets the win. She just yells, "We gotta get out of here!" And they go to the back. I just thought it was fun that you know she saved his ass, and I was like, "We gotta." I mean, look at this guy. I mean, and look at Rey Mysterio swinging in like Spider Man again to save oh, yeah. the day. Absolutely. Uh, you got you got to look out for your uh, Mexican brothers. So we go to our seventh match: Stevie Richards with the Blue Meanie versus Sabu. Blue mini teenies. So Stevie's mocking the homicidal one in his, on his entrance, running around the ring with his finger in the air, but he ends up slipping and falling. Of course. <laughs> as the match begins, Richards is evading Sabu's attempts, eventually going out to the floor and throwing a chair into the ring. Joey Styles is confused. That's like handing a chainsaw to Leatherface. <laughs> Because it allows for Stevie and Mimi to be taken out with an air sabu over the ropes. I mean, that's a way to start a match. Back in the ring, the homicidal one with a springboard leg drop for a two count. A spinning heel kick and another leg drop for a near fall. Sabu then charges into a big boot, allowing Richards to nail a Stevie bomb for a two count. Richards goes back to mocking the homicidal one, which allows Sabu to regain control with right hands and a slingshot somersault leg drop from the apron. The homicidal one's working the arm, but Stevie escapes with a body slam and heads up top, only for Sabu to meet him there with another air Sabu, knocking Richards to the floor. Not too smart there, Stevie. The homicidal one keeps Stevie from entering with kicks before delivering a sunset flip powerbomb to the concrete. Yeah. Uh, out of the comedy before it's nasty. I know it's nasty. Unfortunately, the camera does not catch it. But, no. oof, what a rough fucking... And it's probably for the best that they didn't, just in case something would have happened. But... <laughs> I mean, we don't want to... I want to see it, I but mean, I don't want to see it. Sabu's broken his neck previously already off camera, outside of the ring, so yeah, they're, they're probably like, let's keep this spot away just I mean, because... Sabu was the one that did the sunset. Yeah. But... I mean, the man's not graceful, a graceful faller. Yeah, Sabu, much like Too Cold Scorpio, I still cringe when he does certain things because I don't know what the hell the outcome is going to be. Yeah, he's not too smooth, Scorpio. (laughs) Sabu then follows up by running Richards into multiple guardrails before setting up a table, only for the meanie to attack from behind to stop the momentum. Back in the ring, Stevie charges into a corner, only for the homicidal one to move and head-scissor them both over the ropes. Sabu then sets Richards on the table, before rolling back into the ring to attempt another air Sabu. But Stevie's made it back to the apron, so the homicidal one ends up just flying over and right through the table. Yeah, he's 
got the chair set up, about to do the air sabu. Stevie's on the apron. Sabu pauses to look at him and then just says fuck it and attacks. Stevie drops the elbow. Sabu goes, or drops his shoulder. Sabu flies through the table. It's kind of a comedy spot, almost. Lumini gets a few more shots in before nailing a Stevie kick, which allows Richards to deliver another Stevie bomb and head up top for a flying fish drop for a near fall. Sabu leaps up for a hurricanrana out of nowhere for a two count, hitting a rubber band slam and some clubbing forearms before landing a slingshot somersault guillotine leg drop. Jesus. So many words for something (laughs) so brutal. Yep. Stevie is rolled out to the floor to regroup with the Mini. So the homicidal one leaps over the ropes with a hurricanrana out onto Mini followed by another Huracurana from the apron onto Richards that sends them into the crowd. Over the steel. Sabu then sets up another table, putting Stevie on it. When Blue Meanie looks to attack from behind with a chair, only for the homicidal one to kick it away. This brings out Paul E. Dangerously to attack the Meanie. Oh shit. While Sabu leaps over the ropes with a leg drop through the table. Polly then rolls Richards back into the ring, allowing the homicidal one to make the cover, but Stevie gets a boot on the ropes. Both men make it to their feet, where Richards ducks a roundhouse right and cradles up Sabu for a near fall. Homicidal one sends Stevie hard into the corner, followed by a clothesline for a two count. Tries that combo again, only to walk right into a Stevie kick. For a near fall. Sabu then looks for a victory roll, which is blocked, so he transitions it into a DDT on Richards. Dangerously then hands the homicidal one a chair so that he can deliver an atomic Arabian face buster for the pin and the win. Ouch. Post match. Stevie can barely stand, so Meanie has to carry him down the aisle. To applause from the crowd. I know. Mm-hmm. The applause was, was nice. You got like, your ass kicked and that. you did good at it. Richard's, a... Richard's getting some respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, his uh, super kick to Sabu, that last one, was right on point and wonderfully loud. Way to slap that thigh. That's right. So we go to our eighth match. Public enemy of Rocco Rock and Johnny Grunge. Versus the gangsters of New Jack and Mustafa Saeed. And Johnny takes the mic to ask the fans if they're ready for the best. Before claiming that the ECW arena is the house public enemy built. Rocco then says they may not be in ECW, but they will never take the ECW out of them. With the crowd chanting... You'll be back. You'll be back. <laughs> the crowd is really nice to them, as if, and they've been rude to other people that have left to WCW. It's like the "you'll be back" thing doesn't. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like kind of said earlier in the show. Bischoff's gonna fuck you. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's, like, but they're not as mean as they have been to like Shane Douglas for going to the WWF. Yeah. New Jack grabs the mic and gives Public Enemy a message to send to Harlem Heat saying that he saw Santa Claus, and he called Sister Sherry a ho-ho-ho. 
But then he was also saying something about Telheim Heat, I started this, or something oh, like that. Yeah. But I couldn't figure out what the hell he was talking about, though. I couldn't figure out what he said. <laughs> no, he says, uh, when you see them pussy bitches, Harlem Heat, tell them I invented this. I invented this, that's what it was. So everybody mm. starts brawling. Shocker right now. Crazy. New Jack's using a blackjack on Grunge, busting him open. His blackjack is has a noose duct tape to it. And his blackjack, he also cuts grunge open. Like, he's pushing it into his head, and it's obvious that, I mean, it's, it seems like it's, it's mutual. New Jack. It's mutual, but it seems, it seems like it's mutual, but like, either way, like, he's doing the cutting. Yeah, it's definitely the hard way. Absolutely. Rock's using a frying pan on Mustafa. We get more weapons, such as pies, chains, and an iron. When Saeed press slams Rocco. A sunset flip by Rock for a two count. And he starts to use the blackjack as well. All while Johnny is working over New Jack, busting him open. The, the iron might be the most scary thing. Because we've all held an <laughs> iron, and it's like this thing, just the corner of it. You yeah. could just totally dent someone's skull and murder them I with mean, it. We've all seen Home Alone. You know what happens if it hits you in the forehead too hard? It leaves you, it, that makes your head look like a cheese grater. <laughs> DDT by Grunge to Masafa, clubbing forearms and headbutts from Jack to Rocco, only for Johnny to low blow him. Grunge runs Saeed into the ring post on the outside before post setting it. up a table with Mustafa on it for Rock to hit a drive by through the table. Oof, I do love that. They are staying like Ali and Rocco and New Jack and Grunge. So it's not this like weird trade thing. It's like kind of two separate matches happening at the same time. So it's easier to track with your eyes and for the camera to move between them. Yes. So, you know, just something I noticed and uh, appreciated. That's, I mean, that's been the downfall of a lot of their matches for me in the past yeah. was, you know, there What's, was a cage with too much stuff happening, so I couldn't see through it and couldn't see what the hell was going on in there. And then, yeah. you know, weapons that they were just beating the shit out of each other with. So again, I couldn't figure out who was doing what with what. But yeah, this, this, this so far has been clear. Yeah, more of the same, but with a small change that makes a big difference. New Jack and Johnny are brawling through the crowd using more weapons while Saeed and Rocco are in the ring. Where Mustafa is working the leg of Rocco with a spinning toehold, a rolling knee drop, while Grunge and Jack have made their way to the Eagle's Nest where they're using chairs. Rock cradles up Saeed for a near fall while Johnny face plants New Jack into a chair. Rocco then hits a springboard moonsault while Jack pile drives Grunge before leaping off the balcony with a splash. Rock's using a frying pan, but Mustafa comes back with a leg sweep and locks on a figure four. Who would have thought? I know. Saeed goes <laughs> wrestling moves, guys? Mustafa with a figure four. I mean, he did a handful Steve. of wrestling moves before then. It's kind of nice to see. New Jack and Johnny start making their way back to ringside when Saeed sets a table up inside the ring. He nails a standing drop kick before placing Rocco on the table. He then delivers a top rope pump splash through the table. But he hurts himself on the move, which allows Public Enemy to both make covers, only for two counts. Everyone's back brawling, with Mustafa hitting a body guillotine across the ropes on Rock, 
while Grunge uses a car club across the head of Jack. Uh, I wanted to bring up the car club. Somebody was trying to pass it out during the Sandman match. And it's the, <laughs> you know, Lockyer steering wheel car yep. club. And I was like, of course, this, somebody brought this in Philly. Rocco heads up to the top rope, only be dropped rocks first across the ropes. When the ref makes a three count for New Jack, only to call it off as Johnny has a boot on the ropes. Chairs, chokes, and sodas are all used by public enemy. I mean, ring awareness from a man who never seems to stay in the squared circle. Public enemy then sets up another table in the ring. Where Saeed's set on it, and he's driven through the table by a Rocco moonsault. But he can't make the cover. Grunge then sends Jack into a guardrail when Mustafa hits a vertical suplex on Rock, followed by Johnny coming back with a forearm to Saeed's back. Grunge then drops Mustafa with an inverted DDT, followed by a Rocco drive by for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Post-match, Rock thanks all the fans for their support because he wouldn't dive off balconies if the fans didn't inspire them. Yeah, and kind of crazy that Grunge got the pin in the last Public Enemy match in ECW. You're all the stars here, not us. I mean, that's what they're doing. Um, Don't hate us just in case we have to come back, okay? Thanks. Yeah. Public Enemy then invites everybody to join them for one last dance. Followed by us getting a montage of some promos and matches throughout their history before we fade to black. I will remember you. That's the vibes. Do you remember how the fans were yelling, you'll be back? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They don't ever come back to ECW. As this was the last match they would ever have in ECW. Yeah, uh, It's very nice of Paulie and crew to do that. It was a really nice package of best moments. They show some of their best promos. They do the... Uh, I see part of the Mikey Whipwreck climbing the yeah. tree for the beer. <laughs> yeah, it's the best promo that we've seen in ECW easily. Uh, it's, I mean, the best like on-location promo, because yeah. we've seen like the Steve Austin, and there's been some great Cactus Jack and mm-hmm. stuff. But like as far as you know, the more comedic... Um, on location ones, uh, it is very memorable. Weird that he invites the crowd to dance. come take a dance in the ring with them, but then they never show the crowd come to the come and dance with them in the ring. And I was waiting for it because then they cut to this, and I figured it would end on like a bunch of people dancing in the ring. And somebody grabbed the the car club and just started whipping people. Yeah, they're like, "No, we're not doing this." Cut to the montage. Yeah. So I ask you, gentlemen, what? Are your overall thoughts of House Party 96? Best garbage match in a while? <laughs> this is a fun little party. More more fun than I was going to give it credit for. Yeah, I would say it's not bad, but we keep getting these like kind of middle-of-run ECW shows where it's like, oh... I don't know what to expect, and then they keep hitting this like kind of like baseline good as opposed to great moments or just being a complete slog, where they're just like, oh, that was mostly fine. It's kind of where I'm at with ECW at the moment. What about what about you, Shane? I mean, got off to a hot start, had some nice little fun surprises in it with 
the debut of Rob Van Dam. What else? Alfonso and his annoying self with that fucking whistle. I mean, again, more surprises with Shane Douglas popping back. I knew he was coming back, but I didn't know how long he was going to be gone. Yeah, I mean, there's, like you said, there's more good than bad. It's an enjoyable show. It's got some stuff that, yeah, it may need to be trimmed down a little bit because certain things went a little long here and there, but... There is a fair amount more surprises. I'm I'm not mad about it. Yeah. This show has a little bit of everything. True. Debuts, brawls, good wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevie gets an applause after losing to fan favorite Sabu, who is outside of 911 the most over guy in Surprises ECW. Surprises in pregnancies. You, uh, yeah. Some angle, you know, storyline stuff moving forward in in a couple matches. You know what this is? This is a really good episode of Raw. From like the attitude era that's coming our way, but that's kind of what this feels like. Well, basically, this show is the beginning of the greatest year in ECW history. Ah, alrighty. I'm happy to see it because like there's a bunch of stuff started here. Shane Douglas is back. Taz continuing to do incredible character work with Bill Alfonso at his side. Rob Van Dam's. I mean, that's the biggest surprise for me. Even bigger than. Shane Douglas, because I knew he was done in WWE, uh, but I still popped from coming back. But Rob Van Dam showing up and uh, just being so so crispy and young was nice to see. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So, what are some of the best moments of this show? The... I'm pregnant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. It's I love so trash. Much, yeah. It's not so yours and it's not his. So much fun. It's man. Tommy's. The Hurricane Rana from uh, Old Ray Mysterio off of 911 Shoulders. Yes, that was, was great. Was a lot of fun. What else we got here? I mean, Beulah taking the total elimination. Yeah. The show has more like great moments than I even gave it justice for. But it just kind of... It I know the way it you guys go, were talking about it, I'm just like... It didn't, you guys watching the same show it, as me? I, I, it just didn't ex- excite me, and maybe yeah. it's off of the heels of like a really exciting we Japan show. Some, some good stuff from ECW in the past. This one, like I said, it's it's not a bad show. It just... The bar keeps getting higher. It wasn't a, a full-on, oh my god! Yeah. It's kind of like if it was a high jump, they keep raising the bar, but they their ass still touches... The bar. They have yet to completely clear it for me, as of yet. But they yeah. still keep. They still clear it. It's the the, the pole still stays. Great. Yeah, the pole the pole still stays, but they haven't quite eclipsed it. And you know me, I'm not a public enemy fan, so I'm happy for them to be going. So that can be one of my best moments as well. I can say I think that this is one of the better, if not the best, mm-hmm. public enemy garbage match because of the cleanliness. Of the chaos. Yes. I found I was it. able to thoroughly enjoy the chaos and see what was going on. It was... And I'm happy to see that then they're going on somewhere else, because that means we'll get a, a little bit of a mix-up. Yeah. You were able to... T- it was you were, it was possible to actually take notes on this match. You know what I mean? With, like... I imagine Matt didn't have to do near as much pausing and rewinding as he has in post... Oh. Or in pre... 
public enemy garbage matches because this one is easier to understand. Mustafa and his spinning moves in a figure four. Like, come yeah. on, Saeed, where are those? Been? I know it was really nice to see, and he was able to do that. I think because they paired off. And I may be showing my hand here a little bit early for best performer, but Stevie Richards. Oh yeah, dude. yeah. He, like, he full on deserved his. I think Stevie Richards he was being carried out has been great for a while. I think his character work is good. I think he's compelling in the ring as. He is the shit heel. Like we have Sean, like we have Sean Michaels at home. That's the thing is, I, <laughs> I prefer like, the. He's the dime. I mean, I don't mean it as a putting Stevie Richards down by any no, means. No, no, I didn't mean he's that. He's the either. dime store Sean Michaels. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. He's the shitty fucking bingo hall Sean Michaels. Yeah, it's, and, and he's good. He's great at it. He's yeah. better when he is in the focus and not having to play the annoying sidekick jumping around. And know? he deserves the focus. He does a great job as the annoying sidekick, but he does so much better when he's the star of the match. Yeah, and he him, it. Him having Blue Meanie at his side is done so much for being able to pull him away from being Raven's lackey mm-hmm. to him having his own lackey and being able to do character work that. And crowd work that Raven will never be able to do. To the point where he's confident enough in himself that he's going to give Beulah some loving because Raven was ignoring her. Raven's about as compelling as stale popcorn. Yeah. Like, he has no charisma at all. He's got a good look, but that's not the same as charisma. Whereas Stevie Richards has charisma to spare. How about most disappointing? I'd say Mikey Whipwreck losing, but Mikey Whipwreck losing... Only makes Mikey Whipwreck stronger. I mean, we didn't even talk about that match, but that's the best match on the show. Absolutely. I mean, I re- wrestling wise, yeah. it's the best match on the show. I loved that Rob Van Dam was less hardcore and was doing his steamboat poses and stuff. I thought that was really fun. He was crisp and lean and mean. Honestly, I. Mr. Hughes is back. Yeah, I mean. I mean, it, maybe it was a way... It's just kind of a... Maybe uh, they brought him back just because he has a connection with Shane Douglas, yeah. and that's how they decided to kind of do that. But yeah. it's kind of like, really, Mr. Hughes? That's yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not even disappointed. It's just kind of like, what what purpose did he serve? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's there's really... I don't have a lot of disappointment in this show. No, there's just some stuff that, you know, I tweak this here or there. Actually, going back to Best Moments for just a minute, actually... Conan, like, he's a big fucking name, mm. technically. Technically. Like, in the world of wrestling at this point, he's a, in 95, 96, yeah. he's a big fucking in name. In Southern California and in Mexico. And for them, for ECW, Paul, dangerously, to show the respect to him, to have him not lose yeah. by pinfall. I was curious. But to actually do a 10 count to, to lose. Like, and- it doesn't... It doesn't, you know, hurt him. They also yeah. sell how big and scary he is by woman having to pull Sandman up by his hair for the ten count. Yeah. He couldn't even get up on his own, and then she is like grabs him and like is like pulling him by the shirt to the back. It's like we got to get out of here. So like, Conan didn't have to do this. I'm not even sure necessarily. I'm not even sure why he did it, but it was compelling and interesting because I was like. Well, there's no way he's winning the belt, but I was just like, how are they, what's the finish to this match? Because 
if Sandman pins Conan, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. How about best performer of the night? I mean, I showed my cards already. Yeah. No, I totally... I mean, I mean it, if it's not Stevie, then I'm throwing it to Mysterio just because he came down, played the hero, you know, had his little match with 911, and then came down to help out his buddy Conan as well, so... Yeah, I mean, as far as, like, character work, which there's tons on all over this, yeah. Taz and Bill... Yeah. Are just steady Absolutely. hands. Stevie is. I should have added that to my best yeah. moments too. Just the Taz fuck off. Yeah, Stevie is constantly. <laughs> he does it every episode. Yeah, Stevie is constantly like leveling up, and then the Beulah angle and her taking the total elimination makes. Well, Francine. Francine. Sorry, sorry, Francine. Yeah. Francine taking the total elimination for a stretcher job, plus the pregnant angle makes something as stale. And I'm over it, it before this show of Tommy Dreamer and Raven. This makes it, gives it new, new, they just pumped. New legs. New legs. Yeah, yeah. They pumped fresh air into it. Yeah. They uh, revitalized something that there's no way we were compelled by at the moment. How about most surprising? I mean, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Again, I wasn't expecting him to just pop up like that. I thought there'd be a little. I'm used to Rob Van Dam the star, not Rob Van Dam the kind of new kid yeah. on the block. So I was expecting some sort of a, a build-up or interaction instead of just jumping straight into his, a match for him. His work but, will put him over. Yeah. Definitely. But uh, I'd say, yeah, Rob Van Dam, number two, would be Shane Douglas. Yeah. Number three would be that Public Enemy took the win on their way out of ECW, which makes me think maybe Paul was like, well, they'll just be right back. I think it was a respect thing for him because he Public Enemy was kind of Paul's like first big hire whenever he became Booker of ECW. Yeah, he was I the mean, first first name that he kind of put out there to get over. They've been ECW. yeah, they've been the staples outside of like early Shane Douglas. Yeah, but like Public Enemy, the crowd loves him. Like there's a, only eleven hundred people in that room, but. When Public Enemy tells them to dance, when Public Enemy comes out and everybody's waving their arms and then everybody does the cabbage patch at the same time, there's only 1,100 people in there, but 900 of them, at least, are doing the fucking cabbage patch. Yeah. Whether we like Public Enemy or not, doesn't fucking matter. I mean, if I was in that crowd, I'd be doing the cabbage patch just as well. Yeah. it's a, <laughs> They bring a, a vibe that is so crucial and important to ECW. Yeah. And the gangsters are scary. Yes. I'm not going to lie, one of the most surprising things for me is I've now named Stevie Richards as my best performer two ECW shows in <laughs> yeah. a row. I mean, Stevie... It just shows the growth of mm-hmm. Stevie yeah. Richards. I think the big coming out party for me for Stevie was the cage match with uh, Luna, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah. I mean, it was very good. Yeah. But like that's like he's just constantly gotten better. Yeah. He's great on the mic. He's so easy to hate that you love him for it. <laughs> so. Yep. And then just, he just keeps giving you more and more reasons to hate, like, right to censor yeah. when that comes along. It's it's as annoying as Almost the, the as Alfonso annoying. whistle. Nothing's more annoying than the Alf- Alfonso whistle, which I love. But I love it because I hate it. <laughs> Making their way to the ring! It's trivia time! Oh, 
snap. Oh, I'm going to have to get used to this. So this week, the category is What's in a Name? It's just a name, a name, a name, a name. What's in a name? What's in a name? Huh. It always, every time you say it, it makes me think of, there's a Green Day song. <laughs> so five points for a correct answer. If we have to go to multiple choice, you only get three. Okay. Buzzing in? But you got to buzz in. Cat. What's in a name? So which wrestler's real name is Scott Levy? Scott Levy? How you spell Levy? <laughs> L-E-V-Y? Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Scott Levy. Do you know? Off the top of your head? I don't. I, don't I could have a random guess, but I'm not going to do it. And is it somebody we watched from 83 up, or no, is this no. still just 93, 94? 93 to 94. Every Speaking single sure. one. Yeah, yeah. Matt's Scott not going to pull a wild one on us. I mean, he may have showed up at 83 to 92. Yes, but we've definitely seen yeah. him. But you've definitely watched him in 93 to 94. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. So it's not Big John Studd. That's not my guess. I'm it just saying. Be. We did not see him, guys. <laughs> you didn't buzz in, so we I'm didn't see him. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying as an example. Would you like a hint? Do we do, do hints? Well, I mean, do you want, do you want multiple choice? First... Or does anybody want to take a guess? You want to do multiple choice? Or I'm you... down, unless you have a random yeah, guess. I'm not going to yeah. random guess. But we are going to buzz in. All right. Multiple choice. Scott Norton. Scott Steiner. Scott Taylor. Scotty Flamingo. <laughs> That's funny, because the one that Son I... My bitch. random guess was not going to be one of those Scots. Yeah. See, my... First thought was Norton, but then I wasn't expecting all these other Scots. Scott Levy. Hmm. Norton. You said Norton, Steiner, Flamingo. Fuck it. Eh. Go ahead. Shane? Scotty Flamingo. That's that correct. Is correct. I knew it was that one. You, yeah, yeah. That's great. I, that I would was have also be taken guess. Raven and Johnny Polo. Yeah, yeah. I was nervous because I couldn't remember if Raven had made a appearance yet. Yeah, well, I know so, Scott's... If I put yeah. Raven in the <laughs> yeah. three Scots and Raven... I know that Steiner's like last name. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like I know Steiner, like that's their last name. And then I assume... Their last name is Rick Steiner. Or Rake Steiner Rick or something Steiner. like that. Yeah, yeah and then uh, I knew that... I had a feeling that Scott Norton's is probably... Scott Norton. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't imagine he's very creative. But uh, And then the other guy, I don't even remember. Scott. Was he a Scott he Taylor? Just, he was just a random. A okay. random guy, okay, yeah. Because I was thinking maybe Scott Hall, but it's like, no, Scott Hall's Scott Hall, right? Yeah. But, yeah. I, mean, yeah, I wasn't going to put Scott Hall. That one's way, <laughs> yeah, that one's yeah. way too. Scott Taylor we saw in one match. So. Ooh. Yeah, but Flamingo, it makes sense. Raven would have the last name Levy. Next week. Royal Rumble 1996. Oh shit. It's about to get real. Real Royal, Real Rumble. We're coming from California. Hey, hey, hey. Fresno. Get some spicy chili peppers in here. I don't know what's popular in Fresno. I'm from like two, probably two and a half hours from there. And I don't even know if there's any popular foods from Sacramento or Fresno or the California Valley. I mean, I've had Fresno chilies on stuff. Is that even... 
I mean, it's just like a garnish, pretty yeah, much. But I don't even know <laughs> if them is like a thing from Fresno, California. I, uh, I just went with the name. Yeah, it could it be. Like that was my first thought when I found out Fresno. It's like, ooh, yeah. something with Fresno's, just because. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We just ate a lot of Godfather's pizza. Um, it's Godfather's. I in Sacramento, so I don't know. Godfather's pizza, the home of like the ultimate greasy pizza. It was so good. Music from this week's show is Thunderkiss 65. 5-5. Five, five. Yeah. By Rob Zombie. And Public Enemy. We're going to play their music. One last time. Here comes the hot step by Annie Camozzi. Sing it, Shane. Sing it. It's good. If you like this episode or any of our other ones, you can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, recipes, I know we're going to uh, California on the next episode, but we're going to be back in Philly in no time. So yeah, we don't go to California very often. Yeah, I'm I'm good on Cali recipes. Send me some Philly stuff, please, please, please. And you can do that on our email at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at wrestlinghistox. That's wrestling H I S T O X. We'll talk to you next week. Later. Excuse me, Mr. Officer.